When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. I feel like that opens going to follow me wherever I go, whatever show I do here on ESPN Radio. And I feel like I have to explain it for a second, or I can just read <laughs> another book behind me on my bookshelf here on Candy and Carly on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker alongside Gabe Neitzel. I'm Michael Rothstein. We're in for the guys today. So basically, we're trying to get my with for the simulcast if you're watching on simulcast we we're trying to get everything synced up and they needed me to talk for a long time and i didn't want to talk for a long time so instead there's I really a lot the of pressure in that situation you don't know there what was. to say exactly. like you don't know what to do so reading a book i think in that situation was a good call on your part right i just happened to grab a random book off of my shelf i've read all of them but i had not read how to start a fire my for a long time so i didn't remember how it started and then I started reading, and it, it devolved into chaos uh, for our lovely producers, Stosh and Eric, and everybody there on the board. But we're going to get away from talking about books. Well, I, every- I, I just want to oh, say oh, this, okay. Michael. Okay. Quickly, I just want to say this. Right. I mean, if, if the ESPN.com, if the ESPN radio stuff falls through, I think you do have a future in being a narrator for audiobooks. So I think you've got that to fall back on should all of this just crumble around you. Well, I, listen, I'm always on a precipitous perch here, so the possibility of that crumbling around me is always possible, and I hope that somebody is listening and offers me that, even as a side gig now. I would do it now if you want me to read your books. Just give me a call. I'm very accessible on Twitter, at Mike Rothstein. He's at GNightsill16. So... I do want to talk about football here. Oh, I've got some football books behind Fine. me, and we can read that. I know, I know. I Listen, I can do an entire hour on books if we really want to do it, but I think Stosh would, our producer would. <laughs> Stosh, how mad would you get on a scale of 1 to 10? Probably like 75. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> there we go. Right. So we ha- we got to go to football, Gabe. I'm sorry. That, that comes from the voice up on high. So let's just jump into it with the first game of the weekend. Jaguars at Chiefs. So what we're going to do here is we are basically going to break down the biggest obstacles we see for all of these teams that are still in the playoffs. And we're going to start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Gabe, what's the biggest obstacle for the Jags? I think it's just kind of their youth and relative inexperience. Now, getting that big of a win last week coming from behind was great. But that's what the Chargers, that's what the Chargers do. It doesn't matter who's on the team. It doesn't matter who the coach is. That's what the Chargers do in the postseason. You're not going up against the Kansas City Chiefs who have the most experience of anybody in this postseason because of everything they've done with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, probably going to be the MVP again. I just feel like the relative youth and inexperience in these big playoff games is going to what's, is what is going to bite Jacksonville in this game against Kansas City. Listen, the easy answer here is the defense because any team that plays the Chiefs, the biggest obstacle is the defense. But I actually think the obstacle is Trevor Lawrence because unlike last week, 
where Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions and then rallied against the Chargers, the Chiefs are way better than the Chargers. You can't fall behind and make mistakes early on if you were going to face Kansas City and have any hope of beating them. So Trevor Lawrence right now, I think making sure he plays to the level he played in the second half all game long, that's the biggest obstacle because that's the only chance that they have to win. Let's flip it. Right now, what's the biggest obstacle for the Chiefs, Gabe? To me, it's their defense. It's been a little lackluster at times, and, and that's always kind of been that Achilles heel for Kansas City since they've had uh, you know Patrick Mahomes there. They have to rely on outscoring teams, and look, it's been wildly successful for them. They've won a Super Bowl, went to another, constantly going to AFC Championship games, but the defense allowed over 20 points per contest. They, they ranked in the bottom half in the league in that category, and it just puts a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes to constantly have to deliver. They're going to be without McCole Hardman once again. He's going to be out. He's been out the last few games for Kansas City, but it's one less weapon that he's going to have at his disposal. So to me, if, if anything is going to falter for the Chiefs and stub them, it's going to be that defense because as we saw last year against the Buffalo Bills, once they go up against some of those elite offenses, it's hard for them to get a stop. I'm going to crystallize that a little bit more because their run defense has actually been pretty good. They were number eight in the league in yardage allowed, number five in touchdowns allowed, 15 in yards per rushing attempt. But it was the passing that really, really hurt them. They gave up the most passing touchdowns in the NFL. That's 33. They only picked off 11 passes, but they gave up almost about 30, almost 3,800 yards of passing offensively. Like I was talking about with Trevor Lawrence, if Trevor Lawrence can get hot early, then I think that that could put a little bit of pressure on the Chiefs. That's the biggest obstacle is that pass defense. Otherwise, I think that they are in pretty good shape to advance. To me, this might be the biggest spread blowout of the weekend. Let's uh, let's go hit that Sunday, that Saturday night game, Stosh. Giants at Eagles. Gabe, let's start with the only road team to win last weekend. That, oh, sorry. Two road teams won because the Cowboys won. But let's start with maybe the most surprising road team that won last weekend. That is the New York Giants. What's their biggest impediment? Uh, to me, it's their lack of weapons outside of Saquon Barkley. And I know D- uh, Danny Jones was able to throw for over 300 yards against the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings were the worst pass defenses in the NFL, so they were able to get some yards through the air. But Darius Slayton, Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, these are the three leading receivers for this team, and hardly anybody has heard of them. They just lack offensive weapons. I love what Brian Dable has done, and he's done a great job being able to navigate around some of the weaknesses of this team. But this is a passing league. This is a going up against a team that's been explosive all season long in the Eagles, and they've had a pretty good defense to go with it. I just don't know who's going to be that big play guy outside of Barkley for Jones when he needs to make a big play on Saturday night. Listen, the Giants signed Kenny Galladay a couple years back to be that big play guy. He has not been that so far. I agree with you. Is the lack of offensive pass catching options. They lost Sterling Shepard for the season fairly early on. Daniel Bellinger is a really interesting tight end prospect, but they just do not have those options. They're going to need the combination of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley to carry them, much like we saw happen last weekend against the Vikings. Now, Isaiah Hutchins, he's really interesting. I think he could break out and maybe be a breakout-type star during these playoffs, but that's putting a lot of pressure on somebody. Let's flip this to the top seed in the NFC, the Eagles. What do you think is their biggest obstacle? For me right now, their biggest obstacle is Jalen Hurts. 
and that's is how rusty is he? He didn't look great. He looked okay in the last game of the regular season against this very Giants team, but they're going to need him to make those big plays. They're going to need him to be the guy that he was before the injury, the guy that was presumably the front runner for the MVP in the NFL. They need him to be that guy in order for the Eagles, not just to win this game, but also make a run to the Super Bowl. They need Jalen Hurts to regain that form, which is hard to do when you have played as little as he has over the last five, six weeks. No, listen, that to me is the biggest concern when we're talking about the Eagles, right? Like once, but if he say he is good, say he is healthy, and say he's 100%, I have a tough time finding an impediment. This is a team with yeah. very, few flaw, very few flaws, very few weaknesses. I will point this out, though. Defensively, they did struggle a little bit against the run. They were middle of the pack there. 12th on attempts, 16th in yards, 17th in touchdowns. Against the Giants, that might play into the Giants' favor here because what do they like to do? They like to run with Saquon Barkley, with Daniel Jones, as we just talked about. So I think their biggest impediment might be their run defense taking into account that I'm, I'm going to say that Jalen Hurts, saying he's healthy, that to me is our biggest impediment. Let's go to Sunday, Stosh. Cowboys at 49ers. This game intrigues me a lot, Gabe. Who do you like? In ter- or not even who you like in this game, but let's start with the Cowboys. What do you think is their biggest playoff obstacle? It's their inconsistency on defense. Like This is a defense that went up to Minnesota and held them to three points, but it's also a team that helped Jacksonville kind of get on track by giving up the number of points that they they did in that game. I know they ended up they went to overtime and, and they ended up losing that game, but it's just been such an up-and-down team. They gave up and lost and looked terrible in the last week of the regular season against a third-string quarterback and the Washington Commanders. It's just been so up-and-down, especially defensively. Like We know they have a ton of talent. We know that they can fly around and make plays, and Micah Parsons, especially in that first half against Tampa Bay in Super Wild Card Weekend, looked pretty good on Monday. But we haven't gotten that consistency out of the Cowboys. And and when you have to go on a long playoff run, the consistency is what matters, and it hasn't been there for Dallas. No, listen, I agree with you. The defensive consistency has been rough, but I'm going to actually – I hate putting too much pressure on looking on quarterbacks only because I think it's a little cliche. But to me, the biggest impediment might be Dak Prescott. He played incredibly well last weekend. Incredibly well. One of the better games of his career. Certainly the best game of the season for him. However, my concern is this. Dak Prescott turns the ball over way too much. That was his first no-interception game since November 24th. Like, to me, he has been a turnover machine this year. San Francisco's defense might be the best defense in the league. To me, that is the biggest impediment right now because if Dak Prescott turns the ball over a couple times, Dallas is sunk. Let's go to the other side of that matchup. Let's go to the Niners. What do you what are you thinking? I'm I'm looking at Brock Purdy. Uh, and and I understand he's been so good, but if the the 49ers find themselves in a tight game late, Brock Purdy in the fourth quarter just has not been good. 24 of 43 in the fourth quarter uh with no touchdowns and an interception. It is his worst quarter by far when you take a look at his statistics and how it all breaks down. And I understand they haven't been in a lot of games tight late with Brock Purdy at quarterback because they've been able to put away teams early. But I think if you have the pressure on him, he's not used to handling it, especially in a playoff atmosphere. Brock Purdy, to me, he's made a couple of questionable throws. They've worked out so far. But he seems like he's waiting to have a big turnover, and that could flip the game if it's tight in the fourth quarter. 
As much as I hate to agree with you on this, because I am a big believer in Brock Purdy, I think I've shown that throughout the show. If you've listened to any ESPN radio the last couple weeks and heard me on it, I'm a very big believer in Brock Brock Purdy and his future. But right now, if I'm making a decision in terms of that, I think Brock Purdy is the biggest playoff obstacle because we just don't know. He is the unknown factor here. We know everything else about this Niners team. Their defense is great at every level. Their offense has so many good skill position players, and their offensive line might be one of the better ones in the league. Even their special teams, they're pretty solid. Robbie Gould's as consistent as they come. Brock Purdy is that X factor. So for that reason, I would call him one of the biggest playoff obstacles. But I think he's got a real chance to prove something here against Dallas on Sunday. We've got one game left. Let's hit it. Bengals at Bills. Stosh, Gabe, we're going to – sorry, I don't know why I call you Stosh there. Gabe, we're going (laughs) to – it's been that type of segment. Gabe, we're going to start with the Bills. What's the biggest obstacle here? Oh, this is this is easy. It's the turnovers. I mean, this team just gets sloppy with the football at times. They're one of the worst teams in terms of turnovers with their offense this year. Josh Allen's had some pretty sloppy turnovers, and that's what allowed Miami to get back into that game last week. They were in cruise control, and then the turnovers hit for the Bills, whether it's interceptions, whether it's fumbles. The turnovers are what is going to kill this team. When they don't turn it over, they're one of the best offenses in the league. But if you turn it over against a team like the Bengals, if you do it the next week against the Kansas City Chiefs, that's going to sink your season. The Bills have been really... Really careless with the football and the turnovers is what they need to clean up if they want to win at home against Cincinnati. Listen, they're 21st in the league in interceptions this year. I absolutely agree with you there. But I would also point to this. I would point to the pass defense because the pass defense has been average. Average, average, average. And you're going to be playing a team that's one of the best passing offenses in the league. And if you beat the Cincinnati Bengals, you're potentially playing the Kansas City Chiefs, who might be the best passing offense in the league. So to me, the biggest impediment right now is that pass defense as a whole. They're opportunistic. They picked off 17 passes, but, but, but they've been average everywhere else, which turns us to the final team, the Cincinnati Bengals. What's the biggest impediment? I'm looking at that lack of run game, a consistent run game. When you want to put an opponent away late, what do you do? You turn around, you hand the football off. Now, you've got a quarterback that you really trust in Joe Burrow, and maybe you can complete some short passes and close out games that way in a four-minute offense type of situation. But if you want to be able to put away the Buffalo Bills, you've got to be able to run the football, and they just haven't been able to do it on a consistent enough basis for me, and I think that's something that could come back and hurt them if they're trying to put away a game if they're up late. I get it, and I get what you're talking about with the run game, but I have a lot of faith in Joe Mixon if they need him. To me, the biggest issue is that line because that offensive line, once again, dealing with injuries. And if they're hurt, if they're not able to figure it out, Buffalo's defense is going to feast. And if they don't, Kansas City's defense is going to feast. Someone's going to catch them along the way on that line. It was the biggest problem for them last year. And right now, due to injury, it's the biggest issue they've got right now. Kenny Carl is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Kenny Carlin also presented by Progressive Insurance. Gabe, we were just talking about the Cincinnati Bengals, and there was something going on in Cincinnati. Doesn't sit well with me. Sounds a little bit weird, and we're going to play this. It's from uh, Tony Pike, who's at ESPN 1530. He was on KJM earlier, and, well, he talked a little bit about a certain quarterback and disrespect. I think from a fan base, I think in that locker room, everyone knows who Joe Burrow is. And I think from opposing teams, everyone knows the respect that Joe Burrow brings. But, you know, if you're looking at how this season started, 
you know, there are a lot of times you wonder, why, why are we even playing the games? Everyone says it's, it's Josh Allen and the Bills. This is their year. And to a point, you know, Patrick Mahomes was slept on a little bit this year, losing Tyree Kill. But Joe Burrow has done it. He has gotten over that hurdle. He is, there's a feeling that it's always been Allen, Mahomes, and then there's Herbert and a little bit of a, of a, of a lab, and then Joe Burrow. And I think game by game this year, the way Joe Burrow did it. You know, we were talking about this pre-show. Our producer, Stosh, like, I got fired up in pre-show about it. And I'm going to get fired up again because who is disrespecting Joe Burrow? Did I miss this? Like, did I miss this where he was the main character of the day on social media where he was getting disrespected? Who is this mythical character? This is like Georgia football. Okay, Kirby Smart had his entire team believe that that people thought that they were going to be terrible this year. Like, that's kind of what you heard that after they won the national title. Oh, no one thought we were going to be good. Who are these people that are disrespecting Joe Burrow? Because I would like to meet them. I don't know who is. If you're talking about he doesn't get the same respect as Patrick Mahomes, well, you know what? He doesn't deserve that yet. And that's not a knock on Joe Burrow because Patrick Mahomes is a former MVP. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He's made more Pro Bowls. Joe Burrow is a very good quarterback. He's a top five quarterback in the NFL. Like, who are we talking about here, Gabe? I don't understand what Tony Pike's talking about. So the, so the disrespect is because Josh Allen was getting love before the season for MVP? Is that, so that's, that's where we're getting this disrespect from? I don't like, know. I, I, I don't understand where it's coming from. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, Josh Allen was, he was my pick to be the MVP before the season began. But it, things didn't work out for him. It's probably going to end up being Patrick Mahomes. Why can't... People talk about good quarterbacks in the league without how is that disrespectful to your guy? Once the season started playing out and, and leading into that game on Monday night between Cincinnati and Buffalo before the the events that led to the injury uh, for Demar Hamlin, everybody was excited to see that game because to me it's been three teams in the AFC for the last I don't know six weeks that can win the Super Bowl because of who their quarterbacks are Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow not necessarily in that order but it's like ooh, I can't wait to see what these three quarterbacks when they match up against each other it's going to be fun because these are three elite guys at no point at, the, at any point this season has anybody been disrespecting Joe Burrow yeah it got off to a slow start for Cincinnati but nobody was disrespecting him everybody thought okay they'll figure it out because Joe Burrow just proved last season he's that guy. If you're from Cincinnati, if you're a Bengals fan trying to talk yourself into Joe Burrow being disrespected, you need to find a new slant because there is not a single person respect disrespecting <laughs> Joe Burrow. Somehow you got more angry about this than I did. I don't know how I, I ended so up getting yelled. Yeah, why I, am I, I yelling? I, I don't know, and I'm the one who was super angry about it before because it's like this, stop, okay, stop, 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 stop making everything in a front. Not it's everything is a frontier guy. Yeah, exactly. You're not Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Rodney Dangerfield. There we go. That's Oof. professional radio. No, I stop. Not everything is an affront to your guy. I know you're angry because of the neutral site thing. I know you're angry because you felt this. You felt that. I get it. Cincinnati's an awesome city. It's one of my favorite cities in the United States. Stop doing this. No Skyline Chili sucks. While we're there, well, Skyline Chili sucks. All right, I'll give you that. Skyline's not good, but give me some Montgomery. <laughs> and Gomez Salsa's the best thing out there. It's Oh, it, it's like Chipotle times 100. Ooh. Like, But, yo, it's really good. But, no, seriously, 
Stop it. Just stop. No one is picking on Joe Burrow. No one thinks Joe Burrow is bad. No one is giving any disrespect to Joe Burrow. Not at all. If you make that argument, you fail, sir. You fail because no one is disrespecting Joe Burrow. Not in the slightest. Not at all. And if they are, they're the stupid person. That's just the truth of it. We're coming back. We're going to get to another quarterback that probably some people think is disrespected, but I don't think he's disrespected. But his future, that's very much in question. That's next on Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. If you're of a certain age, you probably know this song. And you know that one of its singers is David Crosby. Unfortunately, David Crosby died today, age 81. Just a music icon if you come from a certain era or really any era. I know from my era, I'm 42 years old. I love Crosby, Stills, and Nash. That was something I grew up on, my parents grew up on, and uh, if I ever have children or anything like that, I will pass that along to them. This is Kenny and Carl on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on your smart speaker alongside Gabe Neitzel. I'm Michael Rothstein. We're in for Kenny and Carlin today. Kenny and Carlin, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. Now, Gabe, David Crosby aside, Big news today in the NFL, specifically in Baltimore. Greg Roman steps down as offensive coordinator. And then John Harbaugh, the head coach, and Eric DaCosta, the general manager, they speak later on on Thursday. And obviously one of the big topics, Gabe, is Lamar Jackson, his future. Because technically he's about to be a free agent, although one would imagine he's going to be franchise tag. Here's what John Harbaugh had to say about where they see Lamar Jackson with the Ravens in the future. 100%, you know, 200%. There's no question about it. Uh, Lamar Lamar Jackson is our quarterback. I mean, he's been our quarterback. Everything we've done in terms of building our offense and building our team, uh, how we think in terms of people and put people around him is based on this incredible young man and his talent, his ability, and his competitiveness, you know. He he and I were talking today, too. and, and, And the things about Lamar that, to me, stands out, he's an incredible competitor. I mean, Lamar Jackson, all he wants to do is win. 
at everything he does. You know, yeah, he's got a lot of talent. He's a very bright guy. He's got a big heart, but he's just a massive competitor. And that's the kind of guys we want to build this team around, guys that love football and guys that love to compete. So uh, that's not hasn't changed. It'll never change. We, you know, we, we, I've, I've loved Lamar. Eric loves Lamar. And uh, it's not going to change in the future. That was John Harbaugh, the Ravens head coach. And now we're going to head out to the call in line because we're going to hit up the guy who covers the Baltimore Ravens like a blanket. He knows everything there is to know about Baltimore. Jamison Hensley covers them for ESPN's NFL Nation. Jamison, thanks for taking a few minutes today on what I imagine has been a very hectic and busy day. Yeah, I mean, this is the uh, it was a 45 minute uh, press conference with Ravens officials. They, they call it their end-of-season press conference, but uh, it was mostly a Lamar Jackson press conference <laughs> uh, with those questions directed at, at the quarterback today. So, all right, let, let's start here, right? What, did you, what, what was your big takeaway from hearing John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta talk about Lamar? Yeah, I think they kind of pushed back on the notion that, the, that Lamar Jackson's future in Baltimore is uncertain. And there's a kind of you know, speculation from – Lamar Jackson's kind of cryptic social media pose to him, you know, hit with the injury and not coming back as soon as some people thought he would. But today, Ravens officials basically said, hey, we still believe that, they, that the Ravens can get a long-term deal done with Lamar Jackson. And Ravens general manager Eric DaCosta even went to the point of saying, in talking to him today, he feels like Jackson, Jackson wants to be a Raven for life. So what are the, the steps that they need to take outside of then, you know, let's assume they sign him to a long-term deal. What, what do they need to do to that roster to continue to make sure that Lamar Jackson can be at his best? Yeah, I think they're taking actually one of the first steps today uh, when offensive coordinator Greg Roman and the Ravens parted ways today uh, because, you know, Lamar Jackson was, in 2019, uh, you know, the NFL MVP, best player in the league, but you can see over the past few seasons, the offense hasn't really developed. Lamar Jackson has not reached those same heights. And I think it was important to, to bring in, or they're going to bring in, a person that can get a new set of eyes on this offense, a fresh voice. Uh, and then in the, the second part is, once you get the play caller in place, you have to get more of a, a stronger supporting cast. And I will give the Ravens credit. They went into last offseason saying, they wanted to upgrade the offensive line, and I, they definitely did that. They, this is a top-five offensive line in the NFL. Now it's time to get to work on the wide receiver core, uh, which has been one of the worst in the NFL. I mean, by the end of the season, going into the playoffs, their top-five top receivers were Demarcus Robinson and Sammy Watkins, and so that's certainly an area they need to upgrade. We're talking to Jamison Hensley, Hensley, ESPN's Ravens reporter here on Canny and Carlin. Jamison, one of the things that really stuck out to me was that they said that Lamar Jackson would have input in terms of who the offensive coordinator is going to be. How much you act, input do you actually anticipate he'll have, or do you think that's just them kind of saying it to kind of say it? No, I, I think you know, your point is I think they do want to get the, – the big point of this is they want to be inclusive. They want to make sure Lamar Jackson uh, feels that, hey, you are so important to this franchise that we want to have your, your say in who is going to be the, the next offensive coordinator. That's not, to the, you know, that's not saying that John Harbaugh is going to go, okay, I'm down to two offensive coordinators, Lamar. You pick it. You know, which one do you want? It's not going to get to that. But I think it's, they're saying, Lamar, once we get these, players, you know, these coordinators in here, 
Uh, we'll go over their strengths and what we believe they can give to us. Kind of what are your thoughts? You know, give us your impression of these offensive coordinators. We'll go along those lines. So looking into 2023, if you had to make a prediction, is Lamar Jackson playing on for Baltimore the franchise tag, or do they get a long-term deal done this offseason? Yeah, and I I think it's more of the franchise tag. And the only reason, and I know the Ravens expressed a lot of optimism about getting a deal done, but the point, I mean, when when you look at the facts of of the situation now, is that they've negotiated with Lamar for two years, and they have not come close to a deal. And until one of two things I think really has to happen, uh, either Lamar Jackson backs off his stance of not wanting a fully guaranteed deal like Sean Watson, or the Ravens back off their stance of saying, hey, we're not giving fully guaranteed deals. I think there has to be something where both sides have to compromise. And unless that that happens, they're going to have to put the franchise tag on him. And uh, then the next question becomes, you know what, if, if they put the franchise tag on Lamar, does he show up for the offseason workouts? Does he show up for training camp? And now that you have a new offensive coordinator, how much does that put Lamar Jackson kind of behind learning the new system? So a lot of questions more you know, to be asked uh, over the next few months. And as we get answers to those questions or just more questions upon questions, we're going to be following Jamison Hensley and talking to him throughout all of this. That's Jamison Hensley, our Ravens reporter here for ESPN's NFL Nation. Jamison, thanks for taking a few minutes on a very busy day today. Hey, thank you so much, guys. Appreciate coming on the show. That, again, was Jamison Hensley, ESPN's NFL Nation Ravens reporter. Coming up next, we're going to get to a retirement of note, one I'm actually quite, quite sad about, and more because it's three and out. This is I Can't Ann Carlin. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. And sometimes it is just the end of. An error. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also listen to us on your smart speaker and also watch on the simulcast on the ESPN app. Alongside Gabe Neitzel, I'm Michael Rossi. We've been filling in for the guys all day. And as you can hear, this is the segment called Three and Out that we like to end the show with. And we're going to start here. Earlier today, Mike Bray, the longtime Notre Dame head coach, 
announced that at the end of the season, he is stepping aside. Bray has the winningest coach in Notre Dame men's basketball history, 481 victories with Notre Dame. That's actually sixth among active coaches at their current schools in Division One overall in his career, which is not actually over yet, 580 and 321. He's been a fixture in the Midwest for a long time. I covered him for four years. Gabe, what do you remember? Because he obviously coached at Marquette against Marquette for years. Oh, yeah, he did. And when, when uh, they were still in the Big East, Notre Dame was still in the Big East, they had a lot of success. You know, he's, he's won an ACC tournament, had some success, was part of when the, the Big East was probably at uh, – they're most powerful, I would guess, before the, the conference kind of dissected itself, you know, eight, nine years ago, something like that. And, and a lot of those teams ended up going over to the ACC. To be at one place for 23 years, unbelievable to have that kind of success that he has had. I know this year hasn't been going the way that Notre Dame would want it at nine and eight. And, and it doesn't look like they are a tournament team this season. But tip of the cap to Mike Bray. Because, again, to be at a major school like that for 23 consecutive seasons is an accomplishment. Not only that, but it's a football school. I actually covered Mike Bray for four years. And in the when I first started covering him, there were questions about his future because they had not really been winning. They hadn't been in the tournament. And then they started to get on a run. Mike Bray, as a young reporter, because I was like 24 years old when I started covering him. For a young reporter, Mike Bray was gold. He's quotable. He would always get back to you. He's funny. He's engaging in press conferences. And I think in the later years of his career, more people saw that because he was just more open and he was just more out there. And he was just like he would say, let it rip, let it fly like that. And slow burn was a big thing for him, too. Like that was just what Mike Bray is. And I hope that Notre Dame finds a way to make a run here and maybe pushes to even get to the brink of the bubble because I'd love to see Mike Bray in the tournament one more time. I think that would be a great story. In the NFL, we also learned earlier today the five teams that will host international home games. That is the Jaguars, the Titans, and the Bills. They'll be in London. And the Chiefs and the Patriots will host games in Germany. Which team is the most intriguing to of those that's going abroad, Gabe, next year? Well, I think it's the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's just because I love Andy Reid, their head coach, so much. Uh, so <laughs> Andy Reid, Chiefs getting ready for a playoff game. You know, they've got all these things going on. And somebody asked him at his press conference today, you know, hey, you excited? You know, you're looking forward to next year playing in Germany. And Andy Reid, because Andy Reid is always on brand, uh, said, yeah. I'm looking forward to having a bratwurst, which, of course, he had plenty of when he was an assistant coach for the Green Bay Packers in the state of Wisconsin in the Mike Holmgren era in the 90s up here. Uh, but I am, he is hilarious. I love Andy Reid. I am looking forward to the Andy Reid getting his bratwurst in Germany content when they go over there in the fall of 23. Oh, I hope they have him do a Bratwurst tour and that he does Bratwurst rankings of each place. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to see that and then have him compare them to the brats that you get in Wisconsin, the German brats versus the American brats. Oh, I, I would watch that content for days. Listen, I, I love the fact that the Bills are going to London. I just think that that's going to be a really intriguing deal. I think a lot of people in London are going to fall in love with Josh Allen and that team because they are just so, so fun to watch. And the other team is the Jags. Now, they're there every year, but the Jags have been trying to build this fan base in London. I really like what they've been doing there. International games for me, I hope that they stay. It sounds like they will. I think it's still the league building up to eventually having some sort of full schedule. It's not maybe a team, but a full schedule of games between – 
London, Germany, and who knows, maybe somewhere else. Yeah, I just, feel, I, I just feel excited for like the kids that maybe just grabbed on to NFL football and decided yeah. they wanted to root for the Jags because they were there every year and they've been so bad. But now you actually have a reason to be excited about them, and now they're still coming back yeah. with a good quarterback, with a good coach. That should be exciting for the fans in London. Well, not only that, if you've been to any of these games, I've been, I've been fortunate enough I covered a game over there in 2014. And it's fascinating when you go over there, whether it's London, I haven't been to a Germany game. But when you go, you see jerseys from every NFL team. You see college jerseys. You see Bobby Boucher Waterboy jerseys. You see everything there because it's more a celebration of football than it is one team versus another team and everybody's rooting for one team. It's way more of kind of a festive party atmosphere than anything else. And really, there's nothing like British sporting events, Gabe, uh, within the world landscape in terms of how they how they sit how they sit it. And I'll tell you, sitting in there and in Wembley and hearing them play "God Save the Queen," which now would be "God Save the King," I guess. Whew, that there's nothing there's nothing quite like that. And lastly. Well, live, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I mean I, Live Golf has found a TV partner. They're going to be on the CW. So congratulations, <laughs> Live Golf. You're going you're gonna to have broadcasting, which is better than last year when you were just streaming. Do you actually think this is going to help Live Golf push I, through I, to the PGA Tour a little bit? I don't know. Is, is it better than streaming on YouTube? I mean, the CW, at least where I live, you, you have the people's courts and then reruns of How I Met Your Mother. Like, they're going to find time to put Live Golf between the those two things like what are we what are we doing here that's going to help them get more exposure how many people know cw is going to be exactly like when we hit the ncaa tournament and everyone's like where's true tv i have no idea what channel true tv is nobody's going to be able to find the cw even though it's more readily available than more than most people think do not besmirch how i met your mother and the blue french horn do not besmirch ted mosby here gabe oh god no ted mosby's the worst the (laughs) fact that he ended up with robin at the end no it was garbage Garbage, I tell you, Michael Rothstein. Do not be smirch any of that. Listen, I live golf on the CW. I love it because they've got to figure something out to replace the Arrowverse, which they're stupidly canceling all of those shows. Just saying, I think this is good for live golf because at least it's on linear TV. So if you're just scrolling, you've got a better chance of finding it, which you could not find it unless you really, really looked hard before. I don't know how much pressure, though, this is going to put on the PGA Tour. This has been a great show. It's been super fun, Gabe. Coming up next, Warriors and Celtics. That is here on ESPN Radio. This has been Candy and Carlin. Thanks for listening to the Candy and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can watch and listen on the ESPN app. Candy and Carlin, the podcast.